world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I just sitting here talking to myself. I do that a lot. I'm sure you guys probably do that too. And uh, I asked myself, a thought came from somewhere, I asked myself, I said, how do do you measure success? I'm pausing because that's really a pretty deep question. Is popularity, is that that a measure of success? Finances? Is that a measure of success? How How do you really tell when you're being successful, what you do. It doesn't matter if you are. And do you even know what it is that you're trying to do? The scripture tells us that where there is no vision, the people perish. Not sight. I can see this wall over here. Vision and sight aren't the same thing. Scripture doesn't say where there is sight, the people perish. It says where there's no vision. What is vision? The vision is the ability to to see beyond what you can see. Very few people have vision. One of the things that changed my life, boy, this is, this comes straight from the Holy Spirit. You're hearing this, Michelle. (laughs) I keep walking, when I walked away from Michelle, I said, I'm going to need the Holy Spirit this morning. Uh, Can you pull up Habakkuk 2? Habakkuk, 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 pull him up there. Go to verse 2. This changed my life. <clears throat> Chapter two. This changed my life. It says, I will stand upon my watch. <clears throat> Excuse me. First of all, he's on his watch and he's standing. And, I, and set me upon the tower, and I will watch to see what he will say to me <clears throat> and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. Reproved sometimes means corrected. That'd be a good word. Pull that up there real quick, Spence. Reprove. 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 That's good. Blame expressed to the face. Hmm. Censure for a fault. Reprehension. Blame cast. Censure directed to a person. Folks, we all need reproved. We all do. I'm going to answer to it. When I, what kind of answer am I going to give to the Lord when he reproves me? And the Lord answered me and he said, write the vision. In other words, Spence, dig that one up real quick. Write the vision. What's vision? The acts of seeing external objects in actual sight. The faculty of seeing. Something imagined to be seen, though not real. Phantom, a specter. In Scripture, a vision is a revelation from God. An appearance or exhibition of something supernaturally presented to the minds of the prophets, by which they were informed of future events. Such were the visitors, such were the visions of Isaiah, Amos, Ezekiel, Something imaginary, the product of fancy. <clears throat> Go back to Habakkuk. And the Lord answered me, he said, write your vision and make it plain upon paper. They didn't have paper back then. Upon the tablets. You got a vision? Have you written it down? Have you written it down? Write the vision and make it plain upon the t- tables, upon the paper, that he may run that readeth it. Run what? 
Go do it. That someone else may catch that vision. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak, not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come to pass. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. But the just shall live a faith. What is it the Lord's asked you to do and you know he has? Have you written it down? Have you written it down as a reminder? Hmm? I remember when I wrote my vision down. Shortly after I got born again, then 19, uh, it goes back a long way, then back 1987, 88. Uh, I wrote down a new, <clears throat> I wrote a, I was already had a coaching job. I already had a job. I was happy. Everything was good. But my life was turned upside down because I'd been born again. That old man was with me everywhere I went. Everywhere I went, Coach Dave went. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I couldn't get away from me. I couldn't get away of the, from the me that everyone knew. And somehow I knew it wasn't that guy anymore. And so I wrote down a new vision. I said I want a new, co- new job and a new, co- a new coaching job in a new town where I can have a positive and dramatic impact on the lives of others. I wrote that down as my vision. I put it on the refrigerator. In a matter of weeks, it started in motion. I knew that it was. Because until you can put it on paper, are you looking at me? You don't really believe it. You don't really believe it. Nor does anybody else really believe it. Up until that point, it's a pipe dream. I was uh, reminded this morning as I was doing my, my, slept really good last night. Thank you, Lord. As I was doing uh, our show prep here this morning, I got thinking about the pond next door that, that we're building. And praise the Lord, many of you have contributed to help us to do that. Debbie Perkins, I think of you, you wonderful gift you gave there. Thank you for it. And uh, I can't, I couldn't get away from wanting to build a pond. Nobody in my family really wants, really wanted to do it. They didn't. I mean, they, they didn't, they didn't. <clears throat> are you ready? They didn't catch the vision. But I, I knew early on that I didn't want a pond just to make the land pretty. I wanted a functional pond. One that we could grow food in. One that we would have fresh water in. And against maybe not the amen or without the amen of a lot of of people. Maybe people didn't get it, didn't see it. We continue to move forward and it's it's being done right in, right in front of us right now. Every, every day when I go over there, I don't have to mow as much. <laughs> the area, I mean. I'm seeing the vision fulfilled. That vision. And I believe that one of the greatest, most, <clears throat> we're doing about a, lot, a lot of prepping and all that kind of stuff. Folks, uh, America's running out of water. Do you know that? You know that America's, hey, Spencer, can we show them here real quick? Can we show them? Yeah, I know about Liz Cheney. Bear with me. It's all game anyway, right? Spencer, go down to, let's I pull up one at a time here. No, let's see. Four and five. Four and five will be good. Arizona and Nevada are hit with up to 21% water cuts. Arizona and Nevada, 21% water cut. Water. 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 I remember... Helen Keller, that movie, Water. Anybody ever seen the movie besides me? Water. Hmm. There's a connection between the water shortage and the Holy Spirit, I wonder. Arizona and Nevada hit with 21% water cuts that start January 2023 because the Colorado River is drying up. 
Spence, put the next one up there, number four. More than 130,000 people in Detroit will go without fresh water for a month after mains that carried from Lake Huron into the city burst. We're seeing these signs. These things are going on everywhere that we look. And the Lord's given us little tidbits, little hints, little, uh, what's the word, heads up. I'm asking you this. What's the heads up the Lord's been giving you? Because he's given it to you. And are you writing it down and are you acting upon it? Because again, the truth of the matter is we all we all float different boats. We all plow different roads. And if you're a living, breathing, born-again Christian, you have a direct connection to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords of the Holy Spirit, and he is speaking to you. Sometimes he gives warnings. So I kind of double back. What is it the Lord's asked you to do that you haven't done? Now piggybacks piggybacks on what we spoke about yesterday when the scripture, don't have it in front of me, when Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? Uh, As as I've said uh, many, many times, God uses individuals. He wants to use you. Yeah, yeah, you, little old you, with that skill set, whatever it is he's given to you, he wants he wants to use that. You and I and all of us, we've been programmed so much that what we say and what we think doesn't matter. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave dwells inside you. It's a powerful thought, isn't it? What did he tell us to do? How do we exercise that dominion that he gave us? It's very, very simple. Go. Go and speak. Go and teach. Go and stand. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? Go. Stand. Speak. Fight. Declare. His promise is he'll never leave you and never forsake you. Go back to Habakkuk. Whatever his name is. Who would name their kid that? Who would name their kid Habakkuk? Probably means something probably really, really deep. Go back to that, Spencer, can you? Can you go back to Habakkuk? There you go. Uh, Scroll back to the top. And I'm going to move on. I'm going to stand on my watch. He'll set me up on a tower. And I'm going to watch to see what he's going to say to me and what I'm going to answer when he tells me the truth, (laughs) when I'm reproved. The Lord said, dude, write the vision and make it plain that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. It will surely come. It will not tarry. Amen. Be encouraged this morning. What is it the Lord's told you to do? Are you preparing to do it? Do you think it's just going to drop out of the sky? Or are you going to have to go actively move and get some good things done? Yes, I'm glad Liz Cheney got beat, but I'm not over going to over rejoice with it because our victory is not in politics. It's not in politics. There's a wave coming, and I'm not talking about a, re- a political red wave. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a wave, a movement of the Holy Spirit is flooding across this country. You can't see it. I'm telling you, it's happening as sure as I'm sitting here. We need some of you to come and join us in Kentucky. Pull the schedule up there, Spencer. Come and join us in Kentucky. Come as that next weekend already, Bobby? I think it's next weekend. The 26th, it says on my thing. Kentucky, Salt and Light Brigade. David Heavener is going to be there. Tom Dunn's going to be there. It's going to be a spiritual warfare conference. It's going to be really, really good. Bobby's got some. Uh, hotels for us. Uh, he's saving. If you want to go, you got to get booked up in there. Bob, I don't even know if Bobby's in here. Bobby, you do want to say anything? David Paxton, I'm going to go to him there. Leave his face yeah, right I'm, there. I'm here. I'm here, Coach. Yes. 
Yeah, it's very important. Uh, you got to go on site and register. Information has went out in a bunch of different directions. A lot of people are coming that I don't know about, but I'm asking you that you do go on the site and register, CoachDaveLive.com. Register. we got hotels available, and I think they're still available. And if you want those, you have to get in touch with me. I'll give you that information. But you got to start moving now, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a good time. We're meeting outside of the event at the hotel Friday night, and Saturday night, and Sunday morning service, and the incredible speakers on Saturday. Amen, Bobby. It'd be good to see you. Appreciate your your, uh, your work. You're plugging away. You're always plugging away. I like doers. Thanks, Bob. <clears throat> I leave that right up there. Go back up to David Paxson. I mentioned this a, uh, a couple days ago. It was David Paxton. David's uh, uh, one of the guys that's working hard on the authentication process and waking people up to coming out of Babylon. David's car blew up on him on the way to uh, way home. He lives in Ohio. He works with Neil Peterson down there at the church. Gets paid just pennies, literally. And his car blew up on the way home. Engine locked up. Car went kaput. He didn't have a car. His wife lives in uh, Carmen, sweet Carmen. She has a job. She lives in New York City. David comes out, lives out in Ohio, is trying to expand the ministry. His car blew up. And uh, I just bring it to all of those of you who would like to help him out. If uh, 100 of you gave 50 bucks, we could help David. We've over, I've, already, I've already raised uh, about 3,000. We need, we need about seven to put him in a new car. It's what, it's what we do here. So if you could just go to CoachDaveLive.com and make an offering, we'll make sure David, David gets into that new vehicle. We, isn't, this the way, isn't this the way the body of Christ is supposed to operate, really? Isn't this the way? Can you imagine your car breaks down and you go to your local church and ask them to help you buy a car? They ain't going to do that. <laughs> They're not going to do that. And I want to say publicly, although I'm not patting myself on the back, we do, do more of this than you even know, folks. More of it than you even know. But this is a big bite for Pass Assault Ministry. $7,000 is a big bite. But we made the, we've made the commitment. To, you know, we did, it to, we did it for David Arthur. He said, we have, but we've been down that road. Yeah, we have, we have, we have. It doesn't mean we stop trying to do, stop trying to do good things. So if you could want to help everybody in here through in 50, we would, uh, we'd have David Paxton in a new car. I see Jeff just popped in because Jeff's making a car available to him. Go ahead, Jeff. Coach, we got two CRVs, 08 and 07. They're nice Honda CRVs. Car, folks, 08 yep. and 07, okay? Yep. And they yeah, run Jeff. great. They're great shape. And I talked to David twice in the last two days. I said, you know what? I'm believing. He's believing, both of us, that there'll be enough money's come in. He's coming tomorrow. We're sending him down the road in. I said, it'll be okay. We'll get her done. Amen, folks. That's a good opportunity for you to, to, to meet a need. All right? Blessings. Uh, let's see. Got that. Got that. Got that. Myra, let's go. Myra. Yes, Coach. Good morning, Harold. How are you? Um, Deuteronomy, uh, it is written, uh, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to serve and to do all his commandments, which I commanded thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these presents shall come on thee and overtake it's thee. It's a contract. If you do this, I'm going to do this. Go ahead. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, Blessed shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall be in the fruit of the body, and the fruit of the ground, and the fruit of the cattle, and increase the kind, and the frogs of the sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket, and thy store. Blessed shall be when thou comest in. Blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall Cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come Amen. out against thee on one way and free before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in the storehouses. And all thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which is 
the Lord hath given thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make the apprentice in goods and fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land of the Lord, swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto the land and his season, and to press all the work of thy hand, and thou shalt lend unto the many nations, and thou shalt not borrow, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only one that shall not be beneath, and that shall hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I commanded thee this day to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from one of these words I commanded thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, you're welcome to coach Dave Haddle and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that breaks the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want part of that covenant. Anybody else out there want part of that covenant? That blessed going in, blessed going out one. Anybody, anybody want that one? Huh? I want that one. And as we talked about yesterday, it's a covenant. It's a deal. It's open. It's a pact that you sign. And it's just very, very simple. You do this, and I'm going to do this. And it comes down to whether you believe him, whether you trust him, whether you trust in his word, whether, whether or not you don't. Now, the Holy Spirit prompted me. So I'm going to say it again. Some of you need to write a vision down. The Holy Spirit just prompted me. I wasn't just given a lesson. Write it down. So the one who reads it can run with it. But the vision is yet for an appointed time. Okay, listen. One other thing, and then I'm, oh, I got a couple. I'm, going to, I'm shutting up. I'm going to open it up right now. And I'm going to weave some of these other things in there. Because I realized the last couple of days, I did a lot of talking. I did a lot. <laughs> I did a lot of talking. And so I'd love to, would love to hear from some of you. Myra, you popped back in already, or did you not take your hand down? You want your own okay. show? No. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will read only the Bible. That will be the show about. Uh, yes, I have something to say. Um, I just want to give uh, praise and glory to the Father. We had a great prayer meeting yesterday with the Christian Revolution. Um, it Ohio Brett and all us gather and it, it's just wonderful. You, you guys, I hope you guys get to meet, uh, join us. Also, I received the email from uh, Paul Gosselin, lots of good information and I just want to give praise and glory to the Father for all of us. And Psalm 106 says, Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for his good. For his mercy endures forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can declare all his praise? Blessed are those who keep justice. And he who does righteous at all times. Remember the Lord with the favor you have toward your people. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, Myra. And uh, I noticed up there Ray LeBlanc jumps in here. And Ray, but Dad, going. I didn't even talk about Wisconsin. Scroll down there for Wisconsin. Come on in, Ray. I'm here. All right. Um, that's not what I talk about, but yeah, if you would mind covering, it would be great. There it is, man. September 9, 10, 11, Wisconsin Salt and Light Brigade in Wisconsin. See you in Wisconsin. See you in Wisconsin. You got to sign up, though. Go ahead, Ray. Amen. Uh, Spencer, uh, this has been on my heart, a scripture verse that came in. Maybe Paul Guzlin might get something out of this as well, but uh, I think this is meant for somebody. He would turn to Second Chronicles 16, 11, and 12. It's a two-part thing that's been burning in my heart as I, as I read that scripture. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll read it for you, Ray. Yeah. And behold... The acts of Asaph, first and last, lo, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Stop right there. 
um, I found a theme throughout all the Old Testament where they keep referring to go to this book or go to the book of Kings or go to the book of Judah, go to the book of Edo, go to this, go to the book of Enoch. It doesn't say that specifically, but we get a lot of extra information out of there. And sometimes people are afraid to go outside the Bible to get information that is just adds on to what we should be learning if we want to go deep. And the extra, second- extra biblical literature, folks. Not maybe not biblical canon, but historical uh, writing about those times. There are many of those extra biblical uh, books, whatever you call them, documents that I think are valid. Go ahead, Ray. And I find the second verse interesting. But before we read that, remember also uh, the woman that touched the hem of Jesus's garment. She spent all of her resources and money seeking doctors and physicians to heal her. How did she get healed? Her faith in Jesus Christ. Now read that verse 12. And Asa, in the 39th year of his reign, was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceedingly great. Yet in his disease, he didn't seek the Lord. But he went after those doctors. Amen. It's okay to go after Amen. Doctors, but don't forget to seek the Lord in, in that adventure. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Who would ever believe that you would find this in that Bible, right? Is that unbelievable? Huh? In his disease, he didn't seek the Lord. <laughs> but he called on those doctors. Doctor, doctor. Give me a clue or whatever that's how it's always. Good one, Ray. Good one. By Psalm, the way, again, Psalms 1. Psalm 1, blessed is he that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Yeah, I, I was on Dr. Sherry Tenpenny last night. We had a powerful show, man. And I use that as, as a central focus of it again. We walk it. We, we, we follow experts rather than the word. It's just the truth. Just, just the way it is. And I've started to say before I forgot what I was going to say that I want to again mention Gabriel's health. I keep hearing from people that's Dr. Paul Goslin's health ministry. I keep hearing from people all the time say, Boy, Dr. Paul really helped me. Man, I called Dr. Paul and he really helped me. And folks, uh, I don't know if you can get it up there, Spencer. $25 a month. Dr. Paul Gosling can be your your first line of defense. Gabriel Health Ministry for $25 a month. Send him 25 bucks a month. You can pick up the phone and call him anytime, and he'll he'll uh, he'll walk you through. This would be a guy who actually cares about you getting well. So I'll give you that plug again, Dr. Paul. Michelle and I send money there every month. And I suggest you guys do it too. Amen. Jonathan, come on in. By, by the way, this is kind of a flea flicker. Is this Wednesday? Flea flicker. I got to. I got to leave right after the show. Uh, I spoke Monday. I think it was Monday. Our dear friend Kelly Conway uh, passed away. Been a good friend of Michelle and I for twenty years. St. Clairsville, down Betty's hometown, and uh, his funerals today. So we'll be heading that way. Jonathan, go ahead. Yeah, the, you think about writing it down. This is on the theme of writing it down. Um, and in that scripture you read in Habakkuk, um, it's the just shall live by his faith. Amen. So it's a personal word or personal vision that God gives technically to all of us. I think every true believer that's filled up with the spirit has vision, has purpose, has direction. And what, I, what I've been telling people, and I don't think they quite realize it, but everything comes out of the spirit realm everything you come out of the spirit realm your house your city your town everything comes out of thought and the only way it becomes real is if you put it down on paper amen what could you possibly do if you put more stuff down on paper that's the question like if we wrote down more of our thoughts we could do more. In other words, because once you take it from the thought realm to the paper and then talk about it, it becomes real. 
like my whole thing with the land and the food and the training up the next generation, that was all in my thoughts, but it's becoming real because I'm talking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm planning it. And then it becomes real. But think about like all the other things you could do. Amen. Amen. So, so that Jonathan, that brings me back to my pond. I was thinking about that as, as you're talking, right? That I, I saw it from the beginning, and I knew it was from the Lord. There has to be a pond there. I didn't know why. I couldn't convince others to do it. And but I, I wrote it, stayed consistent with it, and there's going to be a pond there. It's going to be a pond there. Anybody that buys land, I had 22 acres, and all I would do is walk the land and think about what I wanted to do in the future. So, like when you have the resource of land. Or anything like that. You know, kids. (laughs) I got kids, you know. So I'm like, what is God going to do with these kids? So you're imagining and seeing and then you're speaking into existence that which is not. That's what we're supposed to do. That's why we have more power than Satan. Satan can only kill, rob, and destroy. We can create in Christ. I mean, humans, God has given humans in his image, you know, the ability to create. But I don't think we realize how much we can do. If we test it, try it, <laughs> actually put it into practice, right? Right, division. Folks, I don't know if you've noticed this. On a football field, they've got a bunch of lines. But then down at one end of it, they've got what they call cones. They have pylons because that's where the money is, right? And you got to traverse that whole field. And you'll see a guy, he'll be running for the goal line, and people are trying to tackle him. And at the last minute, what does he do? He dives because he knows the goal line. He knows where he's headed. He knows when to stop. Some of you, God wants to do unbelievable stuff through you. Write it down. Push on towards it every day. Pray over it. Think about it. Pursue hard after it. Hear the voice of the Lord. Do this, don't do that. And people say, Coach, I'm waiting for an open door. I said, well, you stop waiting. Go open the door. Go open it. God can shut it just as easily as he can open it. Go open the door. Go do it. Put your faith into action. Go open the door. And walk through it. Emma. Amen. Emma, oh, y'all and free, Emma. Randy. Coach, that's very good. This is good. It's an act of faith, Coach, when you write it, okay? And it did create in us. It created. It was created by God. It was a prophetic thing. That's right. Coach, and also, it's for an appointed time. Mm-hmm. That's what have to learn to wait and to wait on God and, and to see it come to pass. We can make Maybe, anything happen. Hang on a second, Randy. Folks, listen. It's taking the spiritual vision and bringing it into the natural realm. You get what I'm saying? It's taking what the Lord, the vision that the Lord has given you and you put it on paper. You've brought it into the natural realm. Now it's up to you as to whether or not you're going to execute the plan to get it. Go ahead, Randy. I'm sorry. All right, that's a great point, Coach. That that's That's very important because Look, look at the church. Look at, I mean, I look at my own life in the past and I've missed it so many times because I didn't realize that thought or that, that truth was from God. And I missed it. I didn't write it. I didn't act on it. And, and coach, I'm not trying to make us more spiritual than we are. We, we have to be spiritual people, but the prophetic word is the Holy Spirit speaking to us. We have to get it. We have to hear it. We have to be in a place where we can hear it. And when we exactly. do, what the show's about today, Coach, it's about doing what God has called you and, and given you the word to do. This isn't out there. It's just right in front of us. We can Amen. do this. We can. we can. It goes back to what we were talking about yesterday, right? That our default position for the most part is fear. Our default position is I can't do it, not I will do it. That's, that's a mindset, friends. That is a mindset. I will do it. Not, I can't do that. And our default position is, I can't do that. Of course you can't. Lord can. Emma, let's try again. Okay. 
Um, I needed to know how to get on the prayer thing for the what? What was Christian it? Revolution. Yes, yes. Is it on the? Is it on the website? That's uh, uh, that's a good question. Ohio Brett, I let Brett handle all that stuff, but uh, we'll find out, and I'll get you. I'll get you on. Yeah, Spence. I can send her the email. Spence, there you go. You're on now, Emma. You're on with us. Praise the Lord. Mel, come in, then Mark. You know, today is so encouraging um, because I'm writing things down all the time. And the Liberty Action Network really was birthed out of that. Last October, um, you know, we had been working and, you know, sometimes you get started and you don't do it exactly right. Um, But last October, um, you know, I kind of, God woke me up in the middle of the night and at midnight, I was just writing and writing and writing. And that was when we made a pivot away from the political, more towards the spiritual, Um, you know, when, when we weren't doing it right, I just knew in my, in my heart that it wasn't the right direction, that politics was not it. So thank you all. Um, It's really encouraging. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're processing information, it, you don't even know why, but like Randy said, it's yeah. for an appointed time and you have to be patient to wait, but thank you. Amen. Not only that, friends, listen, uh, trust me on this one. You're going to, you're going to, if you're doing something for the Lord, there's going to be birthing pains. You are going to, you're going to have to push so hard sometimes. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're going to get opposition. Everywhere you look, there's going to be opposition coming. That's why, as the old saying is, you, you ought to know you're over the target. When you're getting that much pushback, folks, if the Lord wants to cancel a project for you, he'll tell you in a nice way. He ain't going to put a bunch of people up in front of you, blocking you everywhere you look, somebody trying to keep you from getting it done, somebody telling you, no, you can't. That's not the way the Lord operates. If the Lord closes that door, you'll know that he closed it, and it'll be a it'll be a peaceful closing. It won't be a slam in your face. Shut up and go sit in the corner. You have to understand the difference between opposition and the direction of the Lord. Those are not the same things. Sometimes the Lord has to give some opposition to you to tell you, slow down. Because as Randy just told us from Habakkuk, the vision is yet for an appointed time. There is a perfect timing to the laws and the rules and the Function of the Holy Spirit, a perfect timing. And you want to get in trouble, get ahead of the Lord. You want to do, you want to get your butt in some trouble, you get out ahead of him. And he's back here trying to reel you back in, say, whoa, Nelly, whoa, Nelly, not yet, not yet. Doesn't doesn't cancel the vision, doesn't mean the vision isn't isn't uh, true, doesn't mean vision isn't righteous, it means it's not time. But don't take a stop sign as a quit. We have a tendency to do that. Mark, come on in. Yeah, Coach, thank you. Um, so uh, Jonathan talked about we have the ability to create. So I'm going to bring up something that's antithetical to that, and that is you own nothing and be happy. So the yeah. enemy... The enemy is going to push us towards where we can't create because we don't own anything to create with. So, yes, there is a political battle going on here. It's a spiritual battle, though. Um, it is. Just wanted to bring it up. And then it's a spiritual battle. Hang on, Jeremy. I'll get you right in. Do me a favor real quick, Spencer. Go to Psalm 1. Because uh, Pastor, Pastor Payne, Tom Gill, called me. Yesterday, we had a conversation yesterday, and he showed me something in Psalm 1 I'd never seen. And I, it's worth showing you, okay? So we're back at Psalm 1. It's up there. I want you to watch the progressive nature of disobedience. Are you ready? Right here in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You start out by walking. You hear the words, you're moving forward, and you get counsel from the ungodly, and you keep moving forward. And the farther and farther away that you get off the track from what the Lord would have you to do, the farther off track you get, you now stand. You go from walking in the counsel of the ungodly to confused and standing. You don't know what you're supposed to do. And then the third process, third progression is what? 
You sit down. So you start out by walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Soon they get you stupefied, and all you do is stand and looking around, wondering what the heck you're supposed to do. And the next thing you know, you just plop down in your easy chair because you've run in the wrong direction from what it is the Lord wanted you to do. And I want to thank Tom because I'd never, I'd never seen that progression from walking to standing to sitting. Boom. Some of you got to quit sitting. Some of you got to get up. Jeremy, come on in, Jeremy, then Craig. Uh, amen, Coach. Uh, biggest thing is keep that armor on. You, uh, the devil's going to hit you with flaming darts. Amen. That's what the shield of faith is for. That's right. Trying to keep you, trying to keep you from getting where it is to that appointed time. Write the vision, for it is yet to an appointed time. <clears throat> Though it tarry, wait for it. Though it tarry, wait for it. I wanted to build the pond a year ago. <laughs> a year, you guys know that. A year ago, I wanted to build. I tarried. I tarried. I waited on it for the perfect timing of the Lord. Craig, come on in. I, I encourage you, Coach, since you know we got Asa brought up. Great lesson. Really ties in with Psalm 1 that you'd read Second Chronicles 15, 1 through 8. Because Asa really started out pretty well. But then all of a sudden, guess what? I think he started sitting because he made a treaty with the king of Syria, which he wasn't supposed to do. But if you read those first eight verses. Second Chronicles, uh, what, Craig? Second Chronicles, Chronicles 15. It's, it's about Asa. Remember, he went, you know, he went yep. to the physicians and said, Lord. But yep. look at how he started out because it's a great lesson. All right. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa, and he said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you. Wow. Whew. Boy, I felt that. The Lord is with you while you be with him. <laughs> oh, I hate those conditional things. And if you seek him, he'll be found. But if you forsake him, he's going to forsake you. Now, for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. When they, in their trouble, did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, well, I'll be darned, they found him. And in those times, there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations. I hate that word. <laughs> vexations. There were great vexations, and they were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. Well, this is significant right now, Craig, for where we are, folks. Mm. Are we going to return back to the Lord? And the nation was destroyed. And it, nation was destroyed of nation. And city of city. For God did vex them with all adversity. God said, oh yeah, here, take some of this. Boom, Vinny. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Wow. Boom. And Asa heard, heard it, right? And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded, the prophet, he got a lot of courage. He put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of all the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim. And he renewed, rebuilt the altar of the Lord. That was before the porch of the Lord. Then he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with him out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon. For they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. In other words, the people saw the anointing and ran to the anointing. They came from everywhere, didn't they? Uh, Ephraim and Manasseh and Simeon. For they fell to him out of Israel in abundance because they saw that God was with him. So they gathered themselves together in Jerusalem in the third month in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto the Lord the same thing of the spoil which they had brought. 700 oxen, 7,000 sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart, with all their soul. That whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether male, man or woman. And they swear upon the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting, 
and with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath. <laughs> there it is. <clears throat> For they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them. And the Lord gave them rest round about. But Asa drops the ball, folks. <laughs> he drops the ball, right? Uh, you can go ahead and read that. You know, because that's the thing. You know, I said yesterday, I said, finish strong. Because the Lord's had a lot of people who have started out really well. Solomon started out really well, but he finished very bad. That's right. And, and I heard something yesterday really, really sat in my spirit. And it was this person was talking about, you know, when you have uh, this um, this race where you pass a baton. I forget what it's, you know, you have the four runners. You know, yeah. how, like, I forget the name of that particular event. But he said, you know what? He said. Relay race. The relay, relay race. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, that the fastest person is always the last one. You always save the best for last. And if we are living in the end times, you got to sit there and ask yourself a question. Why did God put you here instead of back in the 1100s or back, you know, 500 BC? If, if this is, if he put us here and he saved the best for last, then you got to ask Amen. yourself a question. That's, wow. it, dude. That's the way to it. Hey, I want to shift gears here a little bit. I want to show you a prophecy that you guys won't understand as a prophecy. It's number three, Spencer. I used to love to watch uh, the Twilight Zone, right? Look, signpost up ahead. Next stop, the Twilight Zone. There's, there's, There's signposts all through it, right? And we know this, that the Luciferians for years, Luciferians for years have always been required to tell us what they were going to do. And this is a three-minute, 38-second clip from uh, the obsolete man, Rod Serling, The Twilight Zone, 19, I'm guessing, 61, maybe. Are Are you kidding me? Go ahead and play this. walk into this room at your own risk because it leads to the future not a future that will be but one that might be this is not a new world it is simply an extension of what began in the old one it has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time it has refinements technological advances and a more sophisticated approach the destruction of human freedom. But like every one of the super states that preceded it, it has one iron rule. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. Logic is an enemy. This truth is a menace. Romney Wordsworth. In his last 48 hours on Earth, he's a citizen of the state but will soon have to be eliminated because he's built out of flesh and because he has a mind. been under investigation, Mr. Wordsworth, for the mandatory period of one year and 11 months. You're found to be obsolete. The purpose of this hearing is to make a finding in the matter and make a sentence accordingly. Do you understand that, Mr. Wordsworth? Your occupation, Mr. Wordsworth? A librarian, sir. A librarian. Having to do with books. Yes, sir. Books. Since there are no more books, Mr. Wordsworth, there are no more libraries. The field investigators in your sector have classified you as obsolete. Your rights are as follows, Mr. Wordsworth. You are to be liquidated within a period of 48 hours. You are obsolete, Mr. Wordsworth. A lie. No man is obsolete. You have no function, Mr. Wordsworth. You're an anachronism, like a ghost from another time. I am nothing more than a reminder to you that you cannot destroy truth by burning pages. You're a bug, Mr. Wordsworth, a crawling insect, an ugly, misformed little creature who has no purpose here, no meaning. I am a human being. 
Delusions, Mr. Wordsworth. Delusions that you inject into your veins with printer's ink. The narcotics that you call literature, poetry, essays of all kind, all of it, an opiate. You have nothing but spindly limbs and a dream. And the state has no use for your kind. I don't care. I tell you, I don't care. I'm a human being. I exist. And if I speak one thought aloud, that thought lives even after I'm shoveled into my grave. The Chancellor, the late Chancellor, was only partly correct. He was obsolete. But so is the state, the entity he worshipped. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. Wow. By the way, you can find that whole 30-minute episode on YouTube. It's called The Obsolete Man. What year would that thing have been made? Can you, can you believe the foresight of these guys? Because that's how we know that this whole thing that we're dealing with is a spirit, folks. This is a spirit. And it's been working underground, in the dark, and in the open for how many years? How many years? Jonathan, come on in. When I was watching that, I was listening to the passion of the guy who was bringing the charges against the obsolete man. Where does passion come from? The human realm. God put that into the man. Even the wicked people that are ruling over us right now or trying to. Everything, their ideas, everything, their creativity to scheme was part of their creative order in the human realm. So even the spirit realm was created by God. So it's, it's really odd to me when I look at this, when I look at somebody use their creative thought to defame God or creative thought to defame us, where do they get that ability? Where do they get that passion? Where do they get these ideas from? It, it, it's everything spirit. Everything is in the spirit realm. And thus you can't make, you know what I mean? Like the spirit doesn't die. Jonathan, Jesus himself said, the words that I say to you, they are spirit. Wow, we, don't, we, we really don't understand it, do we? We really don't. By the way, June 2nd, 1961, that's when that was made. And it, it could be remade today and be totally and completely accurate. Hey, I want to show you a victory. Number one, pull up number one here. Uh, if you can, for me real quick, Spence. <clears throat> How about this? Healthcare workers subjected to vaccine mandate will get $10 million in a legal settlement. Boys and girls, the dam is beginning to break. Beginning to break. So this is a group of healthcare workers that sued, yada, yada, yada. And the courts ruled, yep, that vaccine mandate, they had no right, no authority. It was under the color of law. Uh, They didn't have a right to do it. And they're handing out chunks of money. More of this, my friends, is going to begin to happen. So here's what we have to do. We have to be consistent and persist, consistent and persistent in what Russ called an unrelentless pursuit of the truth. Because it's going to take a while for evidence to come up. You know, you plant a seed in a garden and you don't know if the seed's really doing anything until a sprout pops up. You get a little sprout popped up, and then another one the next day, another one pops up. He said, all right, those seeds are taking root. We are in a process right now, friends, of trying to, if I can say, jackhammer truth into poor soil. That's really, that's really what we are. We're jackhammering truth into concrete. And it's going to take a while for the truth that we jackhammer, the truth that we uh, plant, the truth that we pursue, the truth that we speak, the truth that we teach, it's going to take a while for it to begin to sprout. But I'm here to tell you, encourage you, it's sprouting everywhere we look, everywhere we look. So I want to encourage you that the worm is turning. And as I said yesterday, maybe it was two days ago, whatever, it's going to be really bad. And then it's going to be really good. That's the way I see it. It's the way I see it. Pastor Payne, come on in. Then Craig. Morning, Coach. Morning. Hey, uh, go back to uh, your Psalm 1. 
we were talking, you talk about the progression, right? Yep. And we were talking also about we needed to wear our full armor of Christ, right? Yep. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing covering our backside. If you look at that, that full armor, it's always for advancement. But when you turn tail and start walking with them, you've turned from the Lord. Now your rear end's open. And that's well, not only that, Tom, not only that, you got my rear end. The guy yeah. behind me's well, got my what, rear end, right? That's what that's where you gotta watch. That's that's where I say, hey coach, turn around. <laughs> that's the whole thing, because we because you've let yourself wide open because the shield of faith, that's a, for advancement. But we see yeah. the chest plate of righteousness. We don't see the the uh, shoulder blades of righteousness. Amen. So it's for the advancement. We don't turn from the Lord. We turn to the Lord. And that's usually when I get, whenever I've got shot by the arrows of the wicked one, it's when I started turning. Amen. And then a few of those, two of those fiery darts hit me in the backside. And I go, oh, wait a minute. I better turn around. I'm heading the wrong way here, And we need to go. And that's called repentance to turn from to turn to. God bless, Coach. Good word, Tom. Thanks. Craig, come on in. Then Joanne. Well, uh, Luke 12, 2. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever of you spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear of the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. So, Coach, I want to take you back to December of 2020 when we were all at the Capitol and they were doing the Jericho March, remember? And we took, a little, we took a little side note. And for about 20 minutes, there was 15 or 20 of us while others were walking and we were praying against what was going on inside the Capitol. That's right. And one of the things that was prayed for was that the things that were whispered in the little hallways inside Mm. that building would be revealed and judged for what they were. And that's happening, isn't it, Craig? That's happening. For sure it is. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Joanne. Amen. Uh, Yes. You remember, um, you was wondering what Habakkuk meant? Habakkuk means he that embraces a wrestler. He that embraces a wrestler? Yeah. Wow. So Habakkuk was, uh, he was a scrapper, wasn't he? He was a scrapper. And the Lord liked the fact that he was a scrapper, but the Lord said, dude, hey, dude, hey, write down a plan here. Will you, <laughs> will you just quit scrapping with everybody and everything? Write down a plan and move forward. And if what you're doing doesn't advance that plan, it could be off or not. Write the vision and make it plain upon the tablets that the one who reads it may run with it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Folks. There's a pond developing over there. Huh? I've been waiting a long time for it. I've I've had a lot of opposition, a lot of opposition on building that pond. Wrote it down, the appointed time. So the question is, we kind of close out here today. What is it that the Lord's called you to do that you haven't done? And I hearken back to what we talked about yesterday. Why? Do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I tell you, the things that I ask you to be like me putting a guy in the football, uh, running a play in, and the quarterback runs a different play. And he comes out and said, what were you doing? He said, oh, well, coach, I just didn't think it would work. Well, your job's not to figure out whether the play works or not. Your job is to follow the authority because that's where the power rests. The power rests in the authority. All power, all authority has been given unto me. I give it unto you. There's some of you sitting here right now looking at me right now that the the Lord has called you to do something and you haven't done it. And I saw somewhere a premise, I don't know if it's true or not, that the Lord is not capable of blessing you past your last act of, of disobedience. You ever do that with your own kid? Wants to do something, said, no, you're not going to do that until you go back and clean your room like I told you in the first place. You have to make it right and then make it new. Make it right and then make it new. Randy. 
Yeah, Coach Habakkuk, this is funny. He wrote around 607 B.C., 600 yeah. years before Christ. And we can't wait six days, six weeks, six months. Yeah. Come on. We got to learn to God. And we can still work while we're waiting, by the way. We don't want a stillborn vision, do we, Randy? We don't want a stillborn vision. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Hey, folks, look. You're looking at me here? Hey, Lord, I have need of you. He does. He has need of you. And uh, you're right. You can't do it. You can't do it. If you could do it, you wouldn't need him. And if he could do it, he wouldn't need you. It's that contract. It's that partnership. It's that relationship. It's that covenant. You do this, I'll do this. Go into all the world, and I'll be with you. See you tomorrow.